He took a grid penalty and he started the race sixth. But the end result was never in doubt. Max Verstappen wins the Belgian Grand Prix. Eight Grand Prix victories in a row. Only the second time in the entire history of Formula One that that's happened. What a way to round out the first half of the year. Hard <laughs> an unbelievable uh, race again. Welcome to F1 Nation with me, Tom Clarkson, Natalie Pinkham and Eric Van Haren from De Telegraph in Holland. The show comes to you from the heart of the Spa-Francorchamps paddock, where we're going to debrief a fascinating Belgian Grand Prix. Natalie, Eric and myself are joined by an array of guests in no particular order. Helmut Marco, Christian Horner, Yuki Tsunoda, Mike Crack, Adam Norris, Bruno Fama and Fred Vasseur. But first, let's hear from the top three finishers, starting with the man of the moment, Max Verstappen. Basically, as soon as I had my stop onto the medium, I could feel that the, the car was in a much better window and uh, I could go a lot faster. So, uh, yeah, from there was that, that was really where it started to come alive and um, really enjoyable to drive. Once I got in the lead also, I could really look after the tyre as well. Um, but then, of course, the rain started to come down, so you had to slow down quite a bit in some places. And once that cleared, we went back to a soft tyre set. And uh, again, the car was well balanced and it shows that, you know, once you're not in traffic, how much better you, you can be on tyres. So, um, yeah, it was, uh, again, a, a great race, yeah. Now, look, Max, you're leading the championship by 125 points. Does the summer break come at a good time or a bad time for you? Would you rather keep the momentum going and, and have another race next weekend? Mm, I don't think it matters a lot, to be honest. Um, I just want to have a nice time now, have a bit of time with family and friends, and then uh, we'll go to Zandvoort. I mean, it's a completely different track again to, um, to Spa, but I'm, I'm expecting if we... We do a good job with the setup. We will be quick. All right. Very well done to you. Have a good break. Thank you. Checo coming to you now. Your best results since Miami seven races ago. What is the most satisfying aspect of this second place? Um, I think just uh, getting that, that form back. You know, we were on the podium last, last weekend and now. And I think uh, having this sort of races in clean air is where you learn a lot and, and is where you make those those steps in the coming races because uh, my last few races have been a, a bit of uh, yeah very hard to get a proper read on them because uh, the way you have to race with dirty air and so on so that that to me I think is what we're going to be learning the most on on that stint on on free air and the second stint as well. All right, and same question that I asked Max really: Do you feel the summer break comes at a good time for you or a bad time? Yeah, I think it doesn't really matter. I think for us, it gives us a bit of time to 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 go deep on on our analysis, see what we we can improve for the next ten races, and and yeah, basically keep the momentum going for for the end of the season. All right, very well done to you. Thank you, Shaw. Coming to you now, your third podium of the year. Very well done. You started on pole, but realistically, was this all you were going to go for today? Was this all that was achievable? Uh, yes, uh, this was the best we could achieve today, uh, no doubt. So, um, yeah, I mean, you always hope to try and win the race. But uh, on the other hand, realistically, we knew that uh, both of the Red Bulls will be much quicker. Um, and uh, yeah, but our target was to maximize the points with the package we had. And uh, honestly, I don't think we could have done anything better today. Well, Nats, was that one ever really in doubt? 
Probably not, no. And when you see the margin with which Max Verstappen won that race, 22 and a half seconds ahead of his teammate. I mean, fantastic for Red Bull to get a fifth one-two of the season. And Perez will certainly be bolstered by that, getting back on the podium, his best result since Miami. But actually, I think when he steps away and reflects on the margin that Max had over him, he's going to be, well, probably a little bit disheartened. Well, Eric, you've seen every one of Max Verstappen's wins in Formula One first-hand, up close. How good was that one? Very good, but I was not surprised at all because he's so confident in the car all weekend, all season. Or maybe after the Baku weekend, after Miami, he won every race, of course, but he's so confident in the car, but also his whole side of the garage, they are so confident. If you speak with him before a race, even if he miss out pole position last week in Hungary on three thousandths of a second, but they were so confident, oh, tomorrow normally we will win. With not being arrogant, but uh, confident, let's say it like that. It's a uh, small margins, but yeah, he's so confident in the car. If you see the difference with his teammate in the same car, that says, uh, says everything, I think. I was a little disappointed. Lap 17. I thought he'd get there. I thought he'd get to oh the front my, sooner. Stop it, DC. You're <laughs> ridiculous. This, this is a weekend that has thrown everything at him and indeed all the drivers. The conditions have been incredibly difficult to navigate. And, you know, things can go wrong in the sprint and in qualifying. I mean, qualifying seems like months ago, doesn't yeah, it? It does. But can't take anything away from the way he's approaching it this car fits him like a glove he's just driving with such calm confidence at the moment yet again we're saying well done to Max Verstappen and is walking towards us I'm going to block his entry into the Red Bull hospitality as Christian Horner Christian well done you really deserve this break now but you must be buzzing yeah look, I mean uh, an amazing run for us to uh, to have won every single Grand Prix and sprint race since the start of the year is we couldn't have even dreamt about that. So, uh, you know, phenomenal performance by the whole team. And, and uh, it's not just what you see here. It's everything going on behind the scenes in the factory as well that enable days like today. Max's performance today? Outstanding. I mean, he, he just keeps raising the bar. And I think he, uh, uh, he, he's in the best form that he's ever been in, uh, which is just to keep taking it to another level. And uh, Again, from sixth on the grid, having taken the grip, uh, the uh, the gearbox penalty, you know, his, his his fight back was was incredible. You've talked a lot about the team operating at a level, sort of unprecedented level. What message have you got for everyone back home? Well, look, I mean, they can just be incredibly proud of everything that they're they're contributing and doing. And you know, the reason we sent uh, you know Greg up to go and get the trophy today, he's one of the the tar technicians that. You know, it's again one of the soldiers behind the scenes, you know, wet, dry, inters. This weekend has been a nightmare, but calm heads at the right moment uh, about what it's all about. And I think that goes all the way through, uh, you know, every single department, all the, all the departments back in Mills and Keynes that are doing their bit to ensure our drivers have got a car like they had today. Christian, if I may, you know Max for a long time now. Yeah. Do you think because his approach is so he also he always wants to eat the maximum out of a session yeah every session for minute one do you think winning all those races in a row there will be one moment he will be taking it back or something is taking no. a step back no I don't, I don't think that's in his dna uh i think that you know max is is so hungry and and you know, he's pushing for everything even if it's the fastest lap or a pit stop gap at the end of the race and uh you know he's acutely aware of what's going on around him in a race, and and that's part of his, part of his strength. And he's just got this burning hunger and desire, which you know you see in the way he drives. Christian, as you're sitting on the beach or whatever you're going to be doing for the next month, yeah, 
What is the most satisfying aspect of what you've done in this opening half of the well, season? Look, I think to have won all 12 races and the sprint races going into the summer break is, we just couldn't have imagined that. And uh, it means that you've got to be perfect uh, on, every, on every weekend because there's some very competitive teams that we're up against and it's very easy to, to write off our opponents. But you know, some big teams that we're, that we're fighting hard against and uh, you know, it's meant that we've had to raise the bar to achieve these kind of levels. Perfection. Huge congratulations, yes. Thank you very much. The perfect end, well have done. A, thank a, you, yeah, you, you too, you thank too. You. Thank you. Great stuff. Eric, what was the mood in the Verstappen camp before the race? Well, a little bit what I explained before, very confident. Um, they know how good he is, how good he can be. And the thing for the other competitors is, there's no like, okay, the third title's in the back already, more or less, let's do it a little bit, let's do it easily. Because he saw after, as well last Friday in qualifying and last week as well in qualifying, he can be so pissed off. If you don't see the result, you think, okay, he's like a P15 or something, and then it's only P2 or P3 or maybe P1, but not even happy in the car. So, yeah, I think we, we get it on more and more weeks and months because that's the whole mentality in the whole camp, and that's the way I think he got raised by his father. He's a few meters away from us, but his father raised him like that as well. Always go for the maximum result possible, and I think that will not change. And for Red Bull, I feel they've got the record proper now because they've got the 12 wins in the same season. It, all, it didn't rest easy when we started adding one on from the end of last year. They've got it proper now. 12 wins, beating McLaren's from 1988. Yeah. They're 11 wins. Yeah. Would you agree? Yeah, oh, well, 100%. I mean, I kind of believed it before. I felt like history's been in the making for some time. Interesting me that Nico Hulkenberg's just walked past us to go into Red Bull. What's going on there? Well, funnily enough, Eric, that was a, a news story this weekend because Helmut Marco was bigging up the efforts of Nico Hulkenberg, wasn't he? Yeah, and he's doing well, but I think that he has a very good uh, connection with the Verstappen camp. And I think Max is here with his private jet and Nico uh, lives oh. in Monaco, so maybe that's the reason he oh. is here. Because he has his bag already with him and he's changed his clothes, so I think that's the reason, but we can check that. Um, but Nico and Max, they get well along together. I think if they will not be teammates in Formula 1, you don't have to be surprised if maybe in a few years' time they are going to uh, 24 Hours of Le Mans together. I told Nico that I loved his um, Ken hair, you know, the, the, the peroxide blonde hair, I really do. Um, but I fear that he might think it brings him bad luck. Yeah, he's had hasn't a bit of a well shocker, the last, the last two races, you're Poor absolutely guy. right. Yeah, here comes they... Max and Checo, fresh from their celebrations. Helmut, can we just grab a very quick word with you as you walk past? Uh, you've got a bit of Red Bull over you. Yes, how were the celebrations? Uh, I got a storage start, that's why I got so much Red Bull on mine. No, it was fine, and after such a weekend, I mean, what else can you expect? It's so unbelievable. The performance of the whole team, pit stops, strategy, the drivers. And we do some entertainment, the conversation between Max and GP. I think that's also. Helmut, I've got to the point where I'm thinking you're doing that deliberately now, just to give us a little bit of interest. You have to, you have to see <laughs> that Max is something very, very special. And now we go for the record. So that's where the excitement is. Hey, look, quick word on Checo. Max was obviously brilliant, but Checo Perez got his best result since Miami. Being second behind uh, Max is like a win. You know, there won't be any other driver who could stay with him on one level. Maybe Alonso and Hamilton would be nearer, but nobody could beat him at the moment. Even though the gap was 22 and a half seconds? Yes. Yes. Wouldn't he be a bit disappointed with that? No, we know. 
I know how good Max is. You know, that has to be considered that he is something. You know, he's nursing the tires and he's still going fast. He can read the race and uh, he's so far ahead. What he's doing is already past. So it's unbelievable capacity in his head. Final one from us, Helmut. Do you feel the break comes at a good time or a bad time for you guys? Would you like to keep the momentum going? Do you wish there was I a race next weekend? I would like to keep it going, but for the people who are really hard working, like the mechanics, they need to recover. Great stamina. Well done. Well done, Helmut. Enjoy Thank it. You. Congratulations. Thanks for your time. I love the way Helmut, at the age of 80... I know. Unbelievable. I mean, talk about energy. Yeah, I'm always sometimes say at home when I'm coming home from a race weekend that I'm tired. But uh, Helmut is 80 years old and he is at every race, every single race. So if you see him, like how fit he is, I, I, I should not complain anymore. Someone who's just bounced past us with a lot of energy still is Lando Norris. It didn't seem like he had a spring in his step yesterday because Oscar Piastri had totally outperformed him this weekend. But a great drive from Lando to salvage something in P7, particularly after the disappointment of Oscar, his race finishing at Turn 1 with that contact with Sainz. Well, Pinks, I'm going to have to go. You're going to have to go. I'm so sorry. Well, look, before you go. We've got a police escort, though. I feel like oh, a rock star. Oh, yeah, it's go amazing, on. It's going to be fast all the way to yes. which airport. Liège. Very nice. Now, look, before you go, two questions. Yeah. Driver of the day Ooh. and driver of the season so far. Ooh. Well, look, you can't look past Max Verstappen for driver of the season so far. He has been utterly sublime. Just a pleasure to watch, a privilege, in fact, to see history being made by him. I think it's something that we're going to tell our grandchildren about in years to come. Driver of the day, I'm going to go for Fernando Alonso because I don't think much was made of Aston Martin's chances coming into this weekend. He had a difficult day yesterday, crashing out of the sprint. To pull it back to P5 was really impressive. Let's talk about McLaren then. Early on, you know, Lando was going backwards fast because, you know, he had the big wing and he had no straight line speed. He was eating up his tires. The one thing he thought that wing would have given him was a bit better uh, tire degradation, but that wasn't the case. But they pitted him very early, but he fought back. And I love that about Lando. He's a tenacious driver. I mean, ferociously quick, but he showed tenacity. And, and the combination of Oscar Piastri and Lando Norris is such an exciting one for McLaren. I, I actually can't think of a better combo on the grid. Eric? No, and I really like Oscar as well because he's so he's not happy with a P2 and uh, like uh, like early in this weekend because he thinks okay the gaps are so close I could have have my pole position or the sprint pole position so I like that uh, he's not too happy after one good result that's a good approach you have to be consistent during a season so he is doing a very good job Lando as well the race today. If, if, when he was on the hard tyre, I thought, okay, will this be a, a good a moment? And then they pitted him again, and then he had a really good stint on the soft tyre, I believe. So, uh, great performance by him, especially with this car and this setup. You get locked into Park Ferme conditions after one practice session. I wonder whether McLaren would have gone for so much downforce on their car as the weekend panned out and the race yes. was dry. It, yes. it did lock them in, didn't it? For the Sunday, it did. But you have to say, on if you see the Friday and the Saturday bus, around the team, around Piastri. Um, of course, it's a Formula One team. It's a business as well, marketing-wise. They had a lot of um, broadcasting, and I think for Piastri, this was a great weekend. And that sounds a little bit strange to say after a DNF, but I think he did a really good job, and, and Lando as well. So McLaren is in a good position now, and I think we never expected this one month ago before the Silverstone race. So, so Woking is firing on all cylinders, the MTC, and you know Oscar Piastri, 
I thought the drive he put in in the sprint race to finish second was very cool, very calm. And I don't know if you agree with me, Eric, but as we head into this sort of new era, the new regulations in Formula One, where the cars, okay, forget Max Verstappen for a second, but everyone else is so close together. The onus is almost more on the drivers than it has been in the in the recent history of Formula One. And therefore, you need a cool head, right? Yeah, and that's cool to see also for the crowd. And Oscar's got that. Yeah, because he's so, like, I didn't know him before this year, of course, but he is so, and there was a big of a hype because Alpine made him a big star and then he left and it was a big hype. He's the next superstar. But then to deliver that in your first season and to show this, that's quite uh, impressive. And he is so, in his interviews and in his reactions just after a session as well, he's so cool and collective. Uh, I really like that, yeah. Now we're talking about McLaren and it's Lando's dad. Adam, um, what a brilliant race by Lando today. I thought after the opening stint he was in trouble and yet he fought back and showed real tenacity. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no he did. And I was a bit worried a little bit uh, after a few laps, but as you say, he fought back well. But and how do you and the family sum up the opening half of the year and, and you know where they were in Bahrain to where they were now and how Lando's grown as a driver even now. I think clearly the team's looking a lot looks stronger so it looks good. I think today was a bit difficult but I think overall it looks good. I think Lando's progressing well and maturing well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so what do you think is possible in the second half of the year? I have no idea. Like I said to you last time, hopefully yeah. better than the first half. But there you go. Yeah. Hopefully it'll be like the last three races. At least we'll be in the points or podiums as well. Yeah. Do you dream already about the first win, perhaps? Or? Yeah, we dream about that for other <laughs> since you were in F1. <laughs> so yeah. But maybe it's possible, but then maybe there has to be something going on at the Red Bull camp and at the Verstappen camp. But maybe then it's possible. Yeah, of course. Max can't read them all. Yeah, exactly. Laura Van I'd hope so. Yeah. All right. Look, Adam, look, lovely to have you on the show again. Good Thank break. you very much. Now that's Lando. Let's walk just across. It's quite, it's quite a big paddock here. And just opposite the McLaren motorhome is the Aston Martin one. As Natalie said, Eric, I felt it was a strong race. No one was expecting that much from Aston Martin. Alonso only qualifying ninth and Stroll tenth. Uh, Mike Crack, team principal of Aston Martin. What were expectations going into that race, Mike, and have you exceeded them? After Hungary, we were uh, honest with ourselves and said we are the fifth fastest car. And uh, we qualified uh, ninth and tenth, so uh, without having really any dry, dry running or any time to set up the cars. Uh, so our, our expectation was that this was where we, where, where we still are. Uh, and then it was obviously a positive surprise that we were much better in the race. Um, we had obviously a good start uh, with Fernando and could gain some places. But uh, then, you know, uh, from what happened lately, we thought that there was some more competition coming from behind. And this was not the case. So, uh, yeah, quite pleased with the result. And do you have for the second half of the season a lot of upgrades planned or are you focusing more on 24? We are focusing on 23. Uh, we, we will bring more upgrades in the upcoming races because we want to, to go back. Uh, it was nice to be where we were in the beginning of the season and we want to go back there. And has the summer break come at a good time? Do you feel the team needs to reset a little bit, take some time out and come back in, in, in Zandvoort with a fresh mindset? Yeah, I think um, in general, uh, this applies to the race team. I think it's it's important, you know, with all the travel and with all the double headers that uh, the people get a break. From the factory side, obviously, you are normally a bit more flexible with holidays and stuff like that. But uh, we, we have the shutdown now. Um, you know, on one hand, 
everybody needs a break. On the other hand, we are racers, we would like to go racing next week. So, uh, yeah, but it's the same for everybody, so it will be fine. We don't want you to miss your flight, so good luck with that. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for your time. That's uh, Mike Craig. Thank you, thank you, Mike. <sighs> Eric, how they've slipped back. Yeah, that's, a, that's the thing. If you start the season so well, everyone thinks, okay, this is the second team now for the whole season. And then you see, then after a few weeks, it was Mercedes, then it was Ferrari, then it's now it's McLaren maybe. It's every week it's a different team. But now I have the feeling... They are getting back a little bit. This was a good weekend for them to close down the, the first half of the season. And, and like he said, I like that, that they focus still on 23. Of course, the cars don't change that much for next year, so you can use it for 24 as well. But um, I like to see it. If, if, if they can deliver Fernando a, a little bit a better car, I think he can be uh, on the podium a few more times for sure. And maybe even win a race. So... A good final race of the first part of the season for Aston Martin. Let's stroll down this paddock a bit more. A little bit further down, we have sort of Ferrari on our right, Mercedes on our left, and we've now parked ourselves outside Alpine. And after what's been a pretty turbulent weekend for this, for this that, team, yeah. Eric, uh, let's be honest, uh, I thought Ocon in particular drove a stunning race yeah, from yeah, yeah. 15th on the grid to 8th he was aggressive uh, some brilliant overtakes around the outside just the shot in the arm the team needed after what had been a very good sprint yesterday with Pierre Gasly coming third yes and Gasly had a good run on the soft a really long one but then he dropped back of course but uh, Ocon was really impressive yeah one of his best races of the season for sure can we move in and perhaps see the boss Bruno Fama on track it's actually been a really positive weekend for you guys with the third place in the sprint for Pierre and, and then Ocon again today. Yeah, I think uh, the, the, the difficult day was on Friday where the, the quality for the main race was not, was not what we expected, really. Uh, we missed it for question of timing mainly. Um, yesterday was a good day, good quality and good result. Pierre, uh, Pierre doing third on very difficult conditions and, and today was good. Considering what happened on Friday, of course, I think uh, our two drivers were amazing. They made very, very nice over. They overtook quite, uh, quite nicely. It was, uh, it was good for the fan at least and for the show. But uh, yeah, we we made a good strategy with the tires. It was not easy, like for everybody, uh, with the with the weather. But uh, uh, we are happy with the strategy. Pierre has been a bit unlucky at the start, being blocked uh, by Piastri. Uh, on the radion and, and after, uh, on the, after this is where we need to improve because the pit stop was not so good. Uh, then Pierre uh, restarted behind uh, Alex uh, Albon and, uh, and then we, we lost more than the, the time we lost uh, during the pit stop at the end and uh, it cost us a few points. But uh, now it was good on track, uh, good on track, but it shows that uh, we still have a lot to improve and that we need to score more points on every event and this is where we are going to be focused to work on every single detail to see how we, we can improve the operation, how we can get the most of our car and how to give our driver the, the best possible car and the best possible environment. You had the new floor here, what were the drivers and the engineers saying about that? Always difficult to say if it's the floor, the the package. I think the driver were quite happy with the car. I think the, with the soft tire, the car was working really well uh, today. The driver were happy with it, and of course the, the the new floor is part of is part of that. Bruno, that's on track. 
off track it's been turbulent this weekend with all the management changes that have been made and announced um what is job number one for you as the new boss like monday morning what happens from now job job number one was on on it still because i will do it again on on, on monday to talk to the to the staff to, to all the people on the staff to to share what is going on, to explain what is going on, and, and, and to make sure that everybody is on board because it's uh, we, we need all the energies, we need everybody on board, and of course for, for, for all the all the guys it's a bit difficult to get all the information. And I'm going to Enstone uh, tomorrow to share this information, the explanation, to answer question with all the staff in Enston. And there's a lot of speculation about who's going to be the new team principal, who's going to replace Pat Fry. Have you given yourself a timeline for when you need to have made those appointments? No, there is no timeline because I think uh, we need to assess really what is the situation, but we will not wait for the full assessments for moving things because we need to improve from one way to another, step by step. And what I would like to introduce is the constant improvement in the team. For example, you, you mentioned Pat. Uh, Matt Harman is doing a very good job. Uh, I think Matt, I, I fully trust Matt. He, he's managing the, the, the full technical team. Then there is no hurry in replacing anybody on the technical side. Uh, on the sporting side, um, I fully trust as well Julian Roos, uh, fresh blood. I think he has very good idea. I'm going to share with the, with the staff tomorrow. That's why I cannot comment it now here. As far as the team principal uh, function is concerned, for the timing, I'm going to do it, and I will. I will think about it, and I will. Uh, I will. Uh, I will decide. But there is no hurry. We can. We can manage it. Did you have any doubts with everything going on in the team that it would impact the performance of the team this weekend? Because you had a good weekend, of course, on track as well. I think it's the evidence that the the, the, the guys are focused on what they have to do. Of course, we had some big changes. It's it's important, but. I think we have very good operational people and we have very good people on the factories, very uninstone, and they know what they have to do on a daily basis. Uh, and uh, of course, we, can, we need to exchange, uh, to share what is going on, to see how the situation will involve, but there is absolutely no, no hurry and, no, uh, and, and in no way what is going on will affect the immediate performance. On, and the other way, it, everything we are doing is to improve the medium-long-term performance. And a final one from us. You've only took over the job of the big boss of Alpine Motorsports after Silverstone. Did you have any idea when you took the job that there were going to be so many changes so soon? I have no real idea because the idea was always to be alongside everybody. And, and uh, as I explained in, in, the, in the conference, I've, the idea is to really to use all the skills and all the people we have in instant. And at the end, if we, we have chosen mutually to, to, to go for different route with, uh, with Alan uh, Otmar on, on, on the team, it's because we were not fully aligned. The decision has, done, has not been taken three months ago. It's a process where we talk about what we need to do to improve the team, to go to the phase two of the Alpine Formula One project. At one stage, okay, we say it will, we are not align enough there is no plan there was no plan bruno thank you very much best of luck with it eric what do you make of the situation at alpine were you surprised by the changes were you surprised by the timing of the changes timing i was i think um why are you announcing on friday but i think they were uh, afraid of a leak 
So that was going to be early in the press, so they want to have that own statement out before. So yeah, it's a little bit of a strange situation if you more or less say, okay, we are not happy with those guys, we let you leave, and then they still have to work this weekend. Like Alan Permain, he's a lot of times in your podcast as well. He's working there since 1989. I'm really curious what they will do uh, in the next couple of weeks or months, but the, the most important thing is that the, the performance on track will be uh, solid, and this was a good start of that, uh, that side. But I'm really... I was surprised about the timing, but um, it's the same with uh, Alfa Tauri and Nick de Vries earlier. A lot of people thought, okay, when it will happen, then it will be in the summer break. But that was also two weeks earlier than a lot of people expected. So that's typical Formula One. You never know. I think you make a decision and you act on it immediately. That seems to be the way now. Yeah, but I think that's a good thing. Maybe it's harsh, but also why should you leave people a few weeks more, uh, let them hang or let them work in a factory? You know they are not happy anymore. They know they have to leave uh, everyone knows they have to leave because you know the paddock everyone knows each other and everyone is chatting so just do it immediately and then uh, you, you can go on the summer break because otherwise also for us tomorrow we are home and then we got the press release from Alpine <laughs> yeah. and we have to work again it reminds me of summer break last yeah. year right yeah. when we had the Alonso news yeah. And, the yeah, and a few years ago with the Gasly uh, Albon uh, swap uh, yeah. at Red Bull so it yeah never that's stops we have to be happy with this the Tom. Formula One news cycle uh, never stops and as for team principals at Alpine, one of the stories going around this weekend is Mattia Binotto, the former Ferrari team principal. He knows Luca De Meo very well, who's the big boss at the Renault Group. Can you see that happening? Yeah, but I heard he was not uh, from people who are close to Binotto that he's not interested. But I don't know if that's uh, the fact, uh, if that's true. Uh, it will be, I think, a very good choice because Binotto is re uh, respected at Ferrari as well. I, think, I still think Ferrari shouldn't have let him go. Uh, he has an amazing track record and an amazing knowledge. Yeah. He's been there for what more than twenty-five yeah, years. So think what a, that man knows. It's not a big risk to take, and that's for sure. So uh, I think that will be a good, a good option for sure. I didn't hear any other names until now, so um, I don't know if Minotto is the name that everyone thinks. Okay, that can be logical because of the connection you mentioned, or that it just that it's already on in a concrete phase. Now the big boss at Ferrari has just come out. Fred Vasseur, team principal. Yep. <laughs> 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 Fred, uh, what a joy to see Charles back on the podium as we go into the summer break. You must be thrilled. Yeah, it was a good weekend for us. I think we had went uh, well in every single condition. Sleek, wet, uh, in tear, uh, long stint, short stint, and it's uh, good to finish the first part of the season on the positive tone. Um, now we have the break. We have to understand why we are... Uh, not inconsistent, but I think it's true for everybody into the, the whole group, like between P2 and P11. It's so tight that uh, you can move from the top to the bottom for nothing, and, uh, but uh, we have to come back a bit stronger. Did you expect to be as strong here as you were? No, but uh, again, that it's very difficult to know. It's not anymore with uh, two tens between each car. It means that uh, you were able to do a prediction or a forecast of your level of performance. Today you have uh, 10 cars in two tens. It means that for every single detail you can move uh, uh, at the top or not. That uh, It means that uh, we don't have to, but I'm not like this at all. So okay, next weekend we'll be in a good shape. Next weekend I'm just focused on myself and uh, on the team and uh, we are trying to get the best on every single track. If you have to rate the first half of the season from 0 to 10, what is your uh, conclusion? Uh, we are not at school. 
No. <laughs> you didn't like school in the past? <laughs> it is the school holidays. All right, but what can Ferrari achieve in the second half of the season then? Target is always to do a step forward, to improve that... Uh, I think we are, we are somehow in the right way because uh, to finish like this, it's a, it's a good tone and a positive note. That, uh, but uh, again, that we have to be a bit more consistent at the front of the group. Fred, have a great break. Thanks for your time. Thank you. you deserve a break. Well done. Well done. After the disappointment of Hungary last weekend, where I expected them to be strong, they really surprised me this weekend with their pace. The fact that Leclerc was so strong on the, on the soft tyre. I mean, think back to the early part of the season when they had all the tyre dig problems and yet they were going pound for pound with most other teams out there apart from Red Bull. I don't know how this with you, but every weekend Ferrari is for me the most difficult team to predict what they are going to do. And sometimes they even say themselves, oh yeah, we don't know what happened. Um, but I think the temperatures today in Spa were good for them as well. It was quite cold. And you saw it earlier in Canada as well. They were quite quick in Canada as well, but then they had um, not a good Saturday. So they had um, a race to catch up and not to race from the front. Um, so that the temperatures were good for them, but still they are like up and down, up and down. It's so difficult for me to say, where are they now? Are they the second team? Are they the third team? Are they the fourth team? Yeah, it depends on the, the weekend. And the weekend and how they uh, survive and how the tactics are. But uh, there's a lot of work going on there so, since Vasseur entered. But he has to do more work uh, for sure. And it's a project. That's not uh, the best word. But it's, uh, and you cannot turn things around in six months. So I think we have to wait for sure the second half of the season and then maybe the start of next year they can close the gap a little bit to uh, Red Bull but also maybe uh, if they are the third team to the second team. For me, what I like to see Ferrari doing is just becoming consistent. You know, lots of mistakes in Hungary last weekend and yet they executed, from at least the pit wall point of view, they executed a brilliant weekend here at Spa. The one blemish, if you like, was... Carlos Sainz at turn one. And the Belgian Grand Prix is go with a great reaction time for Leclerc who's got the lead. That's a lock up for Carlos Sainz. He's very close to being tipped into a spin there. There is minor contact there with Oscar Piastri who's damaged the front wing. Yeah, a race incident. You always see this almost every year in Spa in the first corner. That's what why uh, Verstappen said, OK, uh, I will get out of trouble because I know what can happen there. I think he had uh, once with Kimi Raikkonen. In, uh, in, in 2016. In, yeah, yeah. so uh, difficult there. And um, for Sainz, he was locking up. And then Piastri, I, feel, I felt sorry for both of them because I like them both. For Sainz, it's, it's uh, again, uh, hit back when he was starting from P4. Sometimes I think, OK, you just need a clean because sometimes he has a good Saturday and then the Sunday he has uh, bad luck or something happening. You just need a few clean weekends, but yeah, that's not happening. So that's what you mean, consistent. Consistency is everything in Formula One, and you see how difficult it is, even for experienced drivers, Carlos Sainz, who is here since 15. Yeah, and, and for Charles Leclerc, it was his third podium of the season. It's interesting, isn't it, that when the car is good and the team is not making mistakes, it, it does seem to be Leclerc who's getting the results and not Carlos. Yeah. That's for sure. I mean, I mean yeah. that, that's not an opinion. That's that's, that's fact, a fact, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And you see, Leclerc is a qualifying beast, but this year in the race he's quite good as well. And today he had a really good stint, as you mentioned. So I, I, I missed a little bit the the spectacle for P3 or P2. We had it in a lot of races this year with the best of the rest spot. But now Perez was solid second with a way uh, Max was way ahead of course and then P3 was quite solid for Charles. Lewis came a little bit close at the end but we missed a little bit the, the fight. It was quite a lonely race for Charles. Yeah yeah but he, he did well he didn't make any mistakes and I think he really liked to have a lonely race uh, at last. 
So that's Ferrari. I think they're probably welcoming the summer break. Yeah. I think the the opening 12 races have been predominantly disappointing for them. Remember, they came into the season thinking they were going to challenge for the World Championship. They haven't. So they can reset back in Maranello. And what about Mercedes? What's your take on how things went? I mean, Hamilton with fastest lap and finishing fourth was good. But I'm guessing they expected more, right, when they came here? Yeah, I think so, because uh, they knew... Uh, I think they were, like, hungry. That track was better for them than Spa. They already said, OK, Spa can be difficult with the, with the top speed and stuff. But I think it was a damage limitation for them. And they are quite... Con we, we talked about consistency. They are quite consistent. They are quite uh, comfortable on the P2 in the Constructors' Championship. And Russell and Hamilton, they're finishing almost every race. That's a big thing. And I have to say, Lewis... Uh, of course, you know, in Holland he was the big enemy in 21, but I think a lot of people have uh, has to have respect at, uh, uh, already at that time, of course. But now as well, if you see the last couple of months, he's beating Russell almost every week. And I think it's, it's impressive what he's delivering and how solid he is and how consistent. Yeah, I mean, well, Russell had his qualifying issues in Hungary last weekend, didn't he, in terms of Q18 traffic, etc. But here... I mean, I think George has admitted as much. He struggled with the car all weekend. He qualifies eighth. Okay, he drives a decent race to sixth. But yeah, he wasn't in the... It was a very different race weekend for him yeah, compared to Hamilton. And it's so difficult to find a good setup in, in a weekend like this. Sprint weekend, only one practice session. Rain, suddenly a dry race. Or not suddenly, it was expected. But a dry race with a little bit of rain. So yeah, I can imagine if the setup is not that good and you find out on Sunday afternoon during the race, yeah, you cannot do anything about it. And, and there's one slightly worrying aspect to what happened at Mercedes this weekend is that both drivers said afterwards that the bouncing the porpoising of last year came back in this race now as you say they didn't get as much setup time but you know Mick Schumacher works pretty much round the clock on the simulator back in Brackley in the UK there are no surprises I would say that's a worrying development yeah and it, Lewis said it was as bad as it was last year if Andrew Shovlin or Toto was around this is a question we'd be asking them right now but they're not it shows, because this, uh, these cars we used since the beginning of last year, how difficult it still is for also for a team like Mercedes, with all their experience, to, um, to find out all the secrets of the car. And of course, we know they, they changed the whole um, thing of the car at the beginning of the year, and they work still on it, but still they find some secrets that they didn't that they find out now so that's quite worrying if you it's like now it's july almost august so we are uh, 18 months in this uh, in this new era of formula one and they still have weekends like this that's that's i think um, a pity for them it's yuki sonoda up against his old teammate these two got along famously when they were part of the alpha tauri setup but it is pierre gasly being passed by the japanese driver who is having a superb run Check the fact, P10. Yes, Yuki boy, yes. Thanks, guys. What a way to finish the first half of the season. Let's keep pushing this. Yeah, fantastic race, Yuki. Fantastic race. Yay, Yuki, back in the points. <laughs> what a uh, what a brilliant way to end the first part of the season. Uh, yeah, I was really happy. Um, now I can have a Negroni finally, um, which uh, is kind of the routine. When we when we when I when I score points, uh, I can have a Negroni. Other than that, uh, we, we save for Negroni for the next points. But yeah, last couple of races, I mean, last four months, I didn't have Negroni. So yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Tell us a little bit more about the race, the pace of the car, some stunning overtakes as well. 
Oh yes, I enjoyed it. The car was flying from the beginning and uh, we also aimed for the uh, dry condition anyway from the start of the race week, which we paid off in the end, so uh, good job for the team. Yeah, I, th I think everything went well. Yeah, I super enjoyed it. You know, I didn't have um, such an overtaking quite a long time, so yes, it was good. And what about the car? Is it a little bit more easy to drive if you compare it with a few months ago or still? Track, I think the track car, related. Yeah, car characteristic itself is not much difference in the end. I think we brought a couple of upgrades uh, every races, uh, which kind of adding a bit more load, less drag, which uh, in, in the right direction. But I think compared to competitors, it's not uh, enough yet. But I think uh, this this track and also how we approach this uh, race week was well was good. I think uh, we didn't we focused on Sunday. Uh, we sacrificed those sa Saturday, Friday, those rain condition, and we knew that. But able to uh, uh, maximize the performance in Sunday in dry conditions, so that that was uh, definitely the kind of key points. Brilliant, Yuki. Where where are you going for the break? Are you allowed to tell us what are you going to get up to? Well, I was in Europe. I won't mention the uh, because you guys are too famous, so uh, a lot of people are listening. So I won't I won't say the location, but I stay in Europe and. Um, uh, enjoy the summer break and uh, probably last week I'll do a bit of a training camp and to prepare for the Zambo. Zambo is going to be a really physical track so uh, yeah, okay. have to prepare. All right. Well done. Thank, Thank you. you for your time. Yeah. Have Good a great break. break. So the top 10 looked like this. Max Verstappen won the race, his eighth consecutive victory, his 10th of 2023, and the 45th win of his incredible Formula One career. Teammate Sergio Perez was second, the 33rd podium of his career, with Charles Leclerc claiming third, his third podium of this 2023 season. In fourth was Lewis Hamilton, who also took fastest lap. Then came Alonso in fifth, his best result since Austria. In sixth was George Russell, seventh Lando Norris in the McLaren. Then came Esteban Ocon in eighth, having climbed from 15th on the grid. Ninth was Lance Stroll and tenth Yuki Tsunoda. In the Drivers' Championship, Max Verstappen continues to dominate with a total of 314 points, 125 ahead of his teammate Sergio Perez in second. Behind them, it's close. Fernando Alonso is third, just one point now ahead of Lewis Hamilton in fourth. In fifth is Charles Leclerc, equal on points with George Russell, who's sixth. In seventh is Carlos Sainz, just seven points further back. Lando Norris is eighth, Lance Stroll is ninth, and Esteban Ocon rounds out the top ten with 35 points. In the Constructors' Championship, Red Bull now have more than double the points of Mercedes in second place. The gap, 256 Behind them, it's much closer. Aston Martin in third are just five points ahead of Ferrari in fourth. McLaren in fifth are 46 points ahead of Alpine in sixth, with Williams seventh, Haas eighth, Alfa Romeo ninth, and Alfa Tauri tenth. What do you think, Tom? If it goes on like this, with one driver winning almost all the races... Is, is it bad for the sport or do you think it will change or people like Max and... There's something different about Max, I think, to the Hamiltons and the Vettels and the Schumachers that have won before. In that, the conversations I have with him, there, there isn't the stardust, if you like, around him that there was is around Hamilton and there was around Vettel and Schumacher. Whereas, you know, Max strikes me as a guy who just... We'll stop and have a chat in the paddock. I mean, a classic case of this is after the press conference, Checo Perez left his drinks bottle uh, next to the sofa. And so I picked it up, 
and I was just walking back down to the paddock carrying Checo's drinks bottle and was going to deliver it to someone at Red Bull and Max happened to be near me and he ran over and said why have you got one of our drinks bottles and I said well it, your teammate left it in the press conference room do you want me to give it to him so I said well that would be great but so that's what I did I gave it to him and off he ran and I found myself thinking how many other drivers on this grid particularly the mega stars mm-hmm would have done that because he is like that i think that's the reason he's so popular in the netherlands but not only in the netherlands of course and it's never boring with him he always says what he thinks uh, you saw the conversation with his engineer today as well it's really funny for us as well so there's always something so happening with I him. i think he's incredibly likable this is an incredible run and i think even the neutral even the staunchest lewis hamilton fan or charles leclerc fan i think can appreciate what Max Verstappen and Red Bull are doing now. So I think at the minute, it's not a drama. If it happens again next year, I think people are going to be saying, not so much, come on, Max, stop winning. It's just, come on, everybody else. I mean, the onus is on everybody else to start winning. And then I know for sure he doesn't care because he thinks it's not my problem. Uh, The other teams, they have to step up, not me, because I'm doing my job. So I think that's a good approach. And like today as well with uh, GP, he he made a joke. Uh, let's let's make another pit stop and we have another pit stop uh, practice session for the mechanics. Yeah, GP uh, wasn't going for that, no, was he? No, <laughs> no. And it was more a joke he said to you uh, because to make GP a little bit nervous. But I think if you don't understand the humor, I think people think, okay, that's arrogant. But of course, it was just a joke and that's a sense of humor. So I liked it. I can only imagine what Zandvoort is going to be like, Eric. Well, the last two editions, we had three days of su- uh, sunny, so uh, sunshine. So, um, yeah, you have to say this year it has to be raining because it's the Netherlands. <laughs> I saw the weather report for next week when I'm at home. Uh, <laughs> it's like spa all over again. But, no, it will be, uh, will be great. Uh, I really like the first two editions. So well organized. Uh, such a good atmosphere on the, on the stands. Uh, gra- great race and great track. Old school track. And, of course, qualifying there in Zandvoort will be amazing again. Yeah. It's a brilliant racetrack. It's got that old school feel, very similar to what we have here at Spa and Silverstone and places like that. Well, I think everybody has left Spa apart from you and me. (laughs) Uh, Why don't we go and join the traffic jam? I'm going to ask you the same question that I asked Natalie before she left, which is give us your driver of the season so far. doesn't have to be the most winning driver, (laughs) but also and your driver of the day as well. Uh, drive of the season, I go for, and that sounds a bit strange, maybe now for Alonso, because I think uh, a lot. Of, we always tend to forget the beginning of the season, but remember the beginning of the season, how good he was and how on top he was, and, he, and it's not that he's not as good as as that time now. So I think with the better car, he will be good again. And drive of today, today for me was Ocon. Yeah, I think he had a great race and with everything happening at Alpine this weekend, uh, I think for him it's a great uh, moment to go like this in the in the summer break. So uh, he was my driver today, but um, yeah, as I said, I, I named Alonso as driver of the season, but of course there's only one driver of the season for now if you look at the facts, but there was a little bit boring answer to give for me as a Dutchman. <laughs> and if you were to choose Max Verstappen's best win, all right, he's, he's racked up 10 of them so far. Which Miami, ones? without any doubt, because he came from P9 after he made a mistake in qualifying. He was very criticizing himself uh, on Saturday, and that was for me the turning point of the season. Because at that time, Checo was only six points behind, and he was in pole position there in Miami. And then he wins from P9, beat Checo, and then since then, it's unbelievable because he won every race, Max. 
every sprint race, every normal race, 10 in a row, if you count the sprint race as well. And Checo, of course, he has a lot of pressure from his home country. He's so popular. Okay, he will be the new, maybe the new champion. And now, yeah, of course, we know who the champion will be. Uh, but Miami was, uh, in all facets, was the, the best uh, race of Max, I think. Well, you stole Esteban Ocon off me. I'm going to tell you my driver of the day. I thought I was going to say, and I think it was great from him. Um, but if you've said that, I thought another guy that stood out was a man we spoke to earlier who might well be drunk by now on <laughs> Negronis. Yeah. Um, I thought Yuki Tsunoda did really well. And I think he was under pressure. I think he was putting himself under pressure because Daniel Ricciardo came in last weekend in Hungary. He outqualified him. And I think it was a wake-up call for Yuki and I think for him to bounce back like he did and, and get back in the points was a really good thing for him and I'm going to say for my driver of the year so far what I know you really wanted to say is Max Verstappen yeah. because just yeah, but you can with all if you like a, a hater of Verstappen you can't not say another d a driver because he's he's just brilliant yeah He's exemplary in everything he's doing, in the car, out of the car. I love the fact there is no waning at all of his motivation and goodness knows where this run is going to end. I made a piece for the newspaper for tomorrow and I had to find out the first half of the season. When did he make a mistake? Cool. I can't think when... Uh, uh, well, I, I suppose that Miami qualified. Yeah, that yeah, was the only thing. And then it was only at one run and he couldn't do a second run because Charles crashed. And then the good thing then was he could easily have said, ah, yeah, Charles, the crash, a red flag, I couldn't go for a second run, blah, blah, blah. No, he said, I had to do a better first lap. And then after the Baku week, it was a week after Baku where Checo wins. And I, I knew, okay, I think I know Verstappen a little bit. And normally after a bad weekend or a disappointed weekend, the weekend after he is flying. And he was flying on the Sunday in Miami. And since then he is flying. So um, sometimes as a journalist, you want to be criticizing and you want to find something. But it's so, so difficult with him. He makes our work so difficult and so easy at the same time. It wasn't a mistake, but oh Rouge today, that sideways moment. Yeah. My goodness. Yeah, uh, Helmut Marko told me, um, yeah, uh, we were a little bit nervous when we saw the onboard. <laughs> yes. And I think his heartbeat was a little bit like this as well. But uh, yeah, that was only the only thing. And he had some, he still had some space eh, because of the runoff in Oroos uh, since a few years. So that helped him as well, maybe for his feeling. Heart in mouth moment for him. Well, look, yeah. Eric. I've kept you long enough. Let's go and join everyone else in the traffic jam. It's been brilliant to have you on the show. Thank you very much. Enjoy the break. You've got your little daughter at home waiting for you. Are you going to get some time out? Yeah, yeah. She was Yesterday she was standing for the first time on her own, so I missed that. So I hope she will do that. <laughs> it was not the first and last time she did that, so that will be okay. No, I'm looking forward to the summer. I think I stay at home, uh, not tra traveling. I like that. And in Zandvoort I can sleep at home. So I think I'm more than a month at home. So I hope That's uh, unusual in, in this business. I hope in September I still have a relationship with my <laughs> girlfriend, but that will be okay. Eric, thanks so much. Thank you very much. There's one team we haven't talked about yet, and that's our F1 fantasy team, F1 Nation Racing. The good news is that we had Max Verstappen, Lando Norris and Esteban Ocon, who all finished in the top 10. Plus, Alex Albon will have scored us good points with all of those overtakes. And our continued faith in Aston Martin was rewarded with both cars in the top 10. I hope your F1 fantasy team had a good weekend. And if you'd like to play and join our league, it's totally free. Just search for F1 Fantasy, then join the F1 Nation World Championship. 
Well, that's almost it from us. My thanks to Natalie and Eric for their help and to all the guests who joined us during the show. There's now a four-week break in the F1 calendar, but fear not, F1 Nation will be with you throughout August, so I'll talk to you again next Monday. Thanks for listening to F1 Nation, produced by Formula One and Audio Boom Studios.